Let's get ready to rumble and let's get ready to podcast. What's up, sharpshooters, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Broderick, and joining me is just Jason today. How are you doing, Jason? I'm good. Just Jason. There was a gimmick back in the Attitude Era called Just Joel. Really? This made me think of that right away. Just Jason. Just Joel. Yeah. Uh, well, hello, yeah. Just Joe. I'm doing, I'm doing um, very well, thank you. I understand you made a friend this week. Oh, oh, yes, I did. Um, I made a Twitter friend, um, none other than the Women's Royal Rumble winner, Becky Lynch. So you're going to have to explain a little bit more about how you made this friend. Well, uh, I use the term friend very loosely, of course, ladies and gentlemen, but... Um, Basically, uh, we got in touch with her via Twitter using the hashtag AskTheMan. Uh, I asked her about whether the SmackDown Women's Championship should be the equivalent of a world title. And she actually responded to my surprise. And um, basically, she said, only if I'm holding it. And that got a lot of love. And yeah, it was, um, it was pretty surprising to have Becky Lynch to respond to... Uh, lowly podcast like ours so i'm very happy moment, didn't that get about a right thousand now. likes for her response to you a near enough thousand near enough a thousand i don't think it was quite a thousand i think it was like 900 something but yeah pretty popular quite it's popular quite nice to see that happen and i know you're, you're very happy to made your new best friend before we go to mania yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'll be there <laughs> alongside Conor McGregor, probably leading her out at the main event of WrestleMania 35. Uh, I'm not going to be sitting with you bozos in New York, that's for certain. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, as, as a huge fan, I, I think we're all huge fans of Becky Lynch on this podcast. I think that it's pretty cool um, to just get a response. So yeah, um, very happy with no, that. I think that so, beats anything uh, I did the last did week. Did you have anything exciting like that, Jason? Well, yeah, that pretty much sums up our week, ladies and gentlemen. So that was a uh, general banter segment. Anyway, coming up on today's podcast, we are reviewing both the WWE Royal Rumble 2019 and NXT TakeOver Phoenix. But up first is some news. So, let's start with a big story that came out just after the Royal Rumble, and that is Dean Ambrose is apparently leaving the WWE after WrestleMania. John Good, that's his real name, if you didn't know, is apparently fed up with the hokey stuff he's been given by WWE, and has not only just rejected a new deal, but the new deal came with a significant raise in pay too. So, it must be quite yeah, concerning to lose blow. Dean Ambrose um, post-WrestleMania, don't you think, Jason? pre-WWE work, the more like, hardcore stuff he did, would that be fair to say? Yeah, so he was known as John Moxie on the indie scene. Uh, his stuff in CZW is some of the best hardcore wrestling you'll ever see. He was a fantastic character worker then, and you could tell when he um, came back uh, post. Uh, sorry, in August, that you know his character work was absolutely fantastic. Until they screwed his character up by becoming a germaphobe. But up until that point, yeah, it's, a, it's a funny one. one like, no, I, didn't, I didn't see this coming at all. So it's going to be interesting as David takes some time out. Everyone's going to assume he's going to all elite. So we shall see what ends up happening there. Or we go, it doesn't seem like a kind of guy that would want to go to Japan, but who knows? Yeah. 
I can't see him moving out of North America considering he's a happily married man with uh, Renee Young. Um, I think it's quite interesting what will happen with Renee Young if Ambrose uh, does leave um, WWE in April. Um, I do wonder if she'll do an AJ Lee and follow suit and walk out. I mean, she could get an It's hard to see how they just get the trust in him. I know that they're saying all the right things about how they're going to they're supporting him through this and they want him to do well and you know, get better. But it's funny, like you, I, I, they didn't really leave this until backlash to set something up, but it does seem a bit strange. Like I just can't see how you insert him into a feud and if they would trust him to have that kind of high-profile match with John Cena at Mania. I think it'll be in, it'll be interesting. Do they use this in a positive way with Lars Sullivan in terms of could he be the face of this kind of condition and these kind of problems that you would not expect? He's such a strong, big, tough guy. It's like you know, is this he's the classic guy that you think doesn't suffer from these kind of things? So. I guess, I mean, congratulations on winning his first match. It wasn't, there wasn't much to it. I mean, I watched it. It's just more of a wrestling and holding the other guy down. He looked good. He looks a lot leaner. He looked like he's lost weight just to get down to a certain weight level for this fight. I don't know if that's his, his preferred weight going forward. So, yeah, it's hard to judge him based on that one fight, though. But in terms of AEW, I mean, I don't know if anyone would care, to be honest. I just don't think anyone cares about Jack Swagger as a wrestler anymore.
thing is, they're going to be able to put the money out there. If they want him, they'll get him. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. So, the Royal Rumble was a long show, but despite its length, was it enjoyable? Jason? I really wanted to enjoy this because I love the Royal Rumble in general, and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah, I kind of agree with that sentiment just off the top. I think it was an incredibly long show. Um, Yeah, it's a bit difficult to review but that's what we're going to be doing on today's pod. Just like our previous reviews, we're going to go match by match and discuss our thoughts. Uh, we'll also be including the pre-show this time around too. I'm not sure if we did that for TLC or uh, New Japan, but we're going to throw it in this time. So up first was a match just thrown together in the last minute, and that was Rezar of AOP and Scott Dawson of The Revival facing off against the Raw Tag Team Champions Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in a non-title bout. And here's my question, Jason. Why? It's a good question. I think the answer is that they had a two-hour pre-show and they realised no one wanted to listen to Booker T talk for that long. So they needed to break it up with an additional match. Was he was on the pre-show. Did you not notice him? He had his dreads down. So he looked a little bit different to normal. Oh, I, I, I just... I blanked out during those bits. Yeah, it was... It was it was a very strange match to have, and it was also a bit sloppy. I don't know how much practice or how much notice these guys even had about it. They just seemed a slight second off because they'd never had this combination before. So it's throw away, and I don't think we'll ever talk about it or think about it again. Yeah, uh, these are my notes, ladies and gentlemen. This was bad and pointless. So moving on. Oh, before we, we move on, did you Shinsuke notice the cameraman Nakamura fell over because... during Bobby Roode's entrance? Bobby. That was the thing that was to that. Bobby Roode got to that. He did that long thing. walk, got there, finally, the edge of the, you know, by the ring, went to his pose, and the cameraman fell like arse over tea kettle. It's, it, it's just very disappointing to see AOP, the revival, one half of American Alpha. You know, two, three years ago, we were talking about these as a future of tag team wrestling, and, and Bobby Roode as a potential future main eventer, and Wow, then <laughs> they're on the first match of the pre-show. You know I don't agree but, with you. Uh, yeah, um, you know I don't agree with you on Bobby Roode. We did that online, and the the internet backed me. Yeah, the internet, the internet backed me. But Gable had more upside I, than Roode. But let's let's not give that any more time because no, no one wants to talk about this match more. Yeah, I 
honestly, I don't care about either man very much, to be honest. So, uh, moving on, uh, we saw Shinsuke Nakamura become a two-time United States champion as he successfully defeated Rusev to reclaim the title following a Kinshasa to the back of Rusev's head. Apparently, it was a good match, but I was I'm not, not sure if I impressed. agree with that. It felt more like this was tying into the larger story. So, you know, I was surprised Rusev lost. I didn't think he was going to be losing. Um, what, what stood out to me was Lana... Yep shouting at Nakamura with no hint of a Russian accent at all when she was calling him a cheater. That seemed really amusing to me. And it was no, I think everyone watching this, when they saw Lana go down with the leg injury, it's like, ah, oh, there's a seed being planted here for later. Yeah, uh, with regards to the actual match, I've seen these guys have better matches on SmackDown. Um, I don't really... I don't really care about this match, to be honest. I think the only good bit was really Lana's injury angle, which obviously tied into the Women's Rumble, which was smart booking. And uh, Nakamura yeah, became I mean, the United States I champion again. I wanted to reset the for longer. So no, it's strange. It's actually quite a short reign. And I think I've said a few times, I gave up on Nakamura a long time ago. So I've got no interest in whatever he's up to. Yeah, I don't think WWE has much interest in what he gets up to either. So... Moving on. Uh, lastly, on the pre-show, we saw Buddy Murphy see off Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto in a fatal four-way match to it was retain good. I think the I Cruiserweight Buddy Championship. In matches he's been Your having. He, last year, he had was it three or four of the best matches of the year when he was trying to steal the show, so that stood out a lot. Um, it was fine. The crowd It's a good way to get the crowd going in the last pre-show match, get everyone really into something high, you know, high action going on. The thing that I just remember the most though, was just like Atami looking like he really doesn't care. I think his gimmick is meant to be, but he's miserable. But he just comes across like he really doesn't care. He does the least in the match. He even looked like more, out, he looks out of shape. He just looked like, I don't care about this. Like, please let me go. That's the main thing I remember. Yeah, he looks in really bad shape. Like, really, really bad shape. Um, I mean, I don't want to judge him per se. Uh, I, you know, it could be something completely else, but just judging by the match. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Sure like like, is that his gimmick? But he's just miserable and doesn't want to put the effort in. Or is that actually effort? what's happening? I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting dynamic to play off, but. I kind of sympathise with him because, you know, he came in as this big star from Japan. He was booked really well at WrestleMania 31 and that Battle Royal when that was still considered a thing. And then, you know, yeah. injuries. He, he missed his other chance. people like Austin Aries. He fell off the radar. And yeah. it's just that. It's sad. Yeah, he missed his chance. He will leave when his contract is up. That much is obvious. Um, it's a shame. It's a massive shame, but I'm glad to see Murphy retain. That's the biggest story here. Yeah, and Murphy, I don't know where the Cruiserweight division goes now in terms of having belt, like a strong face match with the call-up of Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander seems to be falling off the radar a bit. But let's see what ends up on the WrestleMania pre-show. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be on the pre-show yet again. So, so, so... Firstly, on the main show, we saw Asuka make 
friend of the podcast or my personal friend as I like to call her Becky Lynch tap out to successfully retain the Smackdown Women's Championship yeah, it was I think very we are good. going to agree so this match was this very good okay, Jason but was it the right finish when you the end of that game, we're, burying the, we're burying this story a little bit Becky has to lose let's put this out first get it out of the way and I figured maybe the women were headlining like the Rumble was going to headline you figured there was something to come from this the thing I think they missed out yeah. on was Becky shouldn't have tapped out. This should have been a you know fluke loss or almost passing out from pain. You know the whole I didn't tap out, yes. but I couldn't do anything more to get out of the match, and I just fainted or passed out from like the pressure that you put on me. That would have been a bit of a better ending. It, it felt slightly odd, but I guess they wanted to give Asuka something because they still need her on SmackDown. So yeah, I think. This match was very, very good. I think it lived up to the hype. It was everything I expected. Um, Asuka versus Becky Lynch to be. It was a four-star match, in my opinion. This did an excellent job of making Asuka look legit. And I hope she becomes a dominant champ like she was in NXT. In terms of the finish, I, I agree. I, I think it was great in the fact that it was a different hold. It was a way of, you know, saying, huh, the Asker lock wasn't good enough to tap out Becky. So this modified rear naked choke, which is, that's what it was, was good enough to make her tap out. I think that was a very good story and made Asker look strong, but I kind of agree that Becky should have passed out from the pain and not not tap out. I think that was the only thing that was really wrong with this match. Other than that, I think they were both fantastic. I like the fact it was a brawling style. I, I also really, like, really the, like the spot where Asuka had the, the nasty Asuka suplex off the apron to the floor. I that was that like was the sort of flip suplex really that Asuka did on Becky. Yeah, I don't think Becky saw that really good. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a weird like neck breaker suplex. That's that's the bit I remember most into like the, the brawling. I thought it was, that was a neck breaker, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that that was oh, that was rough. That bump, I was like, oh dear, they're gonna feel that one in the morning. <laughs> I I I'd be a Miz and not take that bump. So uh, speaking of the Miz, and here comes the money. Here we go, money. Here comes the money. Indeed, as Shane McMahon and the aforementioned Miz are SmackDown Tag Team Champions, successfully defeating the Bar. Yeah, it was Shane fun. O'Mac what I expected. I wasn't expecting some amazing match. I knew it was going to be a Shane O'Man match. I thought this was fun. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was it was fun to watch. Um, did you? I think a few things stood out to me. Miz, I'm actually. I have the question: Is he is he going to go heel? He's doing such a good job. But you think maybe he's actually going to stay face and be a really nice guy. Imagine that. That'd be a twist, wouldn't it? We assume Miz turns heel and they fight I at Mania. But I don't think do he's turning heel anytime soon. I think if anyone's going to turn heel, it's Shane McMahon. Um, no, I think they, oh, that, that was a rumor ages ago that Shane was going to get heel and then uh, they dropped it. And the really? whole thing, like, Miz felt like I a setup, right? Like, they, they, that Shane is going to turn heel because he doesn't want to about He stole Miz his does. match or stole his trophy. But they're doing it in such a way that you're questioning it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, 
for, for what it's worth, I thought this was a fun match. I think did, did the storyline has been Did you enjoy the swing where fun. Shane was holding his head? But opinion. Shane was protecting his head, um, but also holding onto his shirt to avoid Shane's gut. Um, <laughs> it was so. It's just funny watching him. If you watch, he's holding his shirt oh, that down into like his jeans, and he's being swung around. It's like you look really weird, Shane. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah, probably. Yeah, I thought that was. I mean, I mean, it was noticeable, but I think that just add to the bonkers element of this match. You know, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't going to be absolutely fantastic in a technical sense. So they had fun with it, and it and it showed. And I love the ending with celebration with mrs dad i mean no no continuity no sense but you know i forgive it it's bizarre i enjoy i enjoyed it speaking of enjoyment though uh chen is with here in spirit with us uh he gave us he gave me a few well, mo- uh, daniel bryan does need WhatsApp. a challenger but I'll i don't think we're going down that route ladies and apparently he thought this was a waste of time and Miz should go after the world title I think everyone you think back when daniel bryan came back everyone said it's gonna be Miz and Daniel Bryan at Mania. It, it would go but we didn't expect circle. it to be this I way around. I enjoy it. Uh, thinking about it. When Daniel Bryan came back, everyone said it's going to be Miz and Daniel Bryan at Mania. Mm. But we didn't expect it to be this way around. Yeah, I, th- I think it's... Uh, it'll be interesting because there's no actual number one contender that stands out at the moment, so it could happen. Yeah. But moving on... To boss time. Do you like that? There wasn't much of a Michael Cole impersonation anyway. Uh, unfortunately, Sasha Banks did not yeah, really believe her out of anyone. A couple of people said this was their match of the night. But nonetheless, so, the Raw Women's yeah, Championship match really was enjoyed it. I've seen a lot of like, praise with this on Twitter. I enjoy it. Wonder every time she surprises case? you how good Ooh. she is. You just don't expect her to be pulling that out. And she's really pr- proved herself over the last year. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I think Ronda has such intensity, but Sasha stepped up as well. I mean, did you enjoy the counters and submissions? There was a good sort of switch around, and then Ronda showing a bit more wrestling, you know, going for pins, not just submissions. Yeah, I felt this match could have been better. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think it was poor. I thought it was still a really good match. I think what really set the match back, in my opinion, was just the finish. And it's going to be a frequent yeah, topic that's, that's called, in that's called, this uh, yeah, the pipe pay-per-view hit. review. For some reason, they just started doing again, that. Again, it was another finish that was just weird. And this one was... Um, they ended with the Piper's Pit. I think that's what she calls that judo slam. I just felt it was a bit flat. Because, yeah, it's not a very good-looking move. But it was a bit flat because usually it's a setup move for something else. And it was just like, oh, and then it ended. And it's a shame because up until that point, I would have agreed with you in the sense that the wrestling was actually brilliant. Um, I thought the, there was a couple of great moments like Sasha tapping out on the outside, which kind of teased that she wasn't going to tap inside the ring, which exactly what happened. I think... Um, where Sasha stomped on the hands of Ronda whilst in the bank statement was a callback to that Brooklyn match with Bailey. I really enjoyed I that. It also um, sets up something interesting that the little four horse from in there that Banks was doing. There was a slightly more definitive ending. I felt this just ended for the sake of ending. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I did think that was a little odd considering... I hope they don't move away from Ronda versus Becky at WrestleMania. Um, but it yeah, that's a really little tease considering for once. there's no sign of Shayna Baszler coming up anytime soon. Uh, or even Duke and Shafir. I think that's uh, just a very, very odd moment. Fair point. Yeah, this ain't going to be no though. Gargano versus Champa feud. <laughs> I think we're, <laughs> you know... I don't think they're capable of booking anything long term outside of Rock and John Cena. Anyway, anyway, then it was time for the main. No, wait, it wasn't the main event, but it should have been. Probably, I don't know. I'll let you guys decide later. But the Women's Royal Rumble did not main event, but some might argue that it stole the show. Becky Lynch took Lana's spot and went on to become the second female Royal Rumble winner, eliminating Charlotte Flair last. Uh, My good friend, as I like to call her, Becky Lynch, (laughs) has gone on to challenge Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. So I guess MVP uh, would be Charlotte. This past edition of Raw. So many questions I have here for us, Jason. Well, I was trying to at the most. You had her and Natty and Ember Moon. Did the right person And Charlotte just had that intensity and sort of seemed to carry the match along a bit. To be honest... It was. I thought the rumble overall was a bit dull. Really, in terms of the lack of drama, I enjoyed the. I very much enjoyed the end sequence, but there wasn't enough going on for me throughout the match. I think Charlotte was the one who best pulled it together. In terms of favorite spot, um, actually, it probably wasn't in the rumble itself. It was Nikki before she got oh. in the rumble. When Nikki, when Nikki came out at number eight, and you know, you seen Billy Kay just being annoying at ringside, and Nikki just had that staring at the ring, and you just turned and decided to mow Billy down instead, and then get in the ring before even doing anything, and it was just great. Nikki just looked great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, apparently backstage officials are really yeah, high on Nikki Cross after uh, her it, it performance was, It was a strange, night. like, that, up uh, until sorry, that point. Night, I, mean, I noticed at this point, so Nikki came in at um, eight, and then you had Peyton Royce. Yeah, they're really high on And I realised I think we were eight, nine women into it, and we had one elimination. So, so I just figured they were filling the ring up for someone like Nia Jax to come and clean house. Which then I was surprised didn't happen. I just felt like they were doing the classic rumble clearance moment by having so few people go out early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Is, is I think she, I mean, Lacey had a good start uh, before though, right? I go into Lacey, my own. Lacey opinions, got to do that little Chance bit at the start to establish her character. That was quite smart. He thought the rumble was boring. She, she's about. Um, he was impressed by Lacey Evans. I think that might be a slightly controversial view, to say the least. He was pleased to see Alexa Bliss back. Okay. Yeah, just a shame she did not have the greatest in-ring performance to back it up, and I think that was a shame for her. Um, he also said Alexa Bliss was good, uh, good to see him, good to see her back, and he also said obviously Nia and Becky were the only good things about the women's rumble. Hmm. Um, 
So my opinion, just so you know, is I thought the first half was a turgid affair. I thought it was really boring. On the whole, apart from Nicky Cross, there was nothing to write home about, and I think it could have done with a couple of legends. However, I did think the second half of this match made up for it. Um, I think the final three was absolutely fantastic. I think it was the right final three. I think Nia Jax did a brilliant job of being an absolute heel. And yeah, I think they, they did that really well. Knee. I was getting a little worried. Um, I think people were worried Charlotte when Lana came out. We all thought, okay, you've got your angle wrapped up. And Becky You're Lynch not going to get there. But she took so long to get to the ring, and by ring. then... I think it was like Nia Jax, they come down and just like attack Lana as well. You thought maybe the they're not putting Becky in here. Maybe we're all going to get really fucking angry in a moment about this. But they, were just, they made us wait, but they kept cutting back and they just dragged it out for long enough to make people just question it. And then, so when it happened, it was built up even more. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I will say this though, and on the on the defense of people who might not like Becky Lynch that much, I would understand their frustration because she felt like entrant number thirty one in this Royal Rumble and not entrant number twenty eight. I think I think what would have been better is you have a clip of Lana backstage just going can't do this, and then so just somehow pick? allows. I've got a few notes. I want to see who you went for. Spot backstage, and you have Becky entering at okay. number twenty-eight, and not after the final entrant. I think that would have been better. Um, just whilst I remember, so my MVP is none of the women I've previously mentioned. I I, I have co MVPs. My wife is and yeah. It wasn't the that's roster. someone who's got proper gymnastics skills. So, my wife said that my woman knows what she's doing. You know, that's, a, that's a trained gymnast. Who returned to the ring after escaping elimination in the most fantastic way possible with a uh, uh, with a she's, handstand walk and then doing, doing, she's, doing. the thing is I don't know how she's definitely good. I don't know how you wouldn't turn her straight to the main roster. I think she's tiny, right? I mean, she. I think she makes Alexa Bliss look big. She looked really small. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah, she looked very small, which might go against her a little bit, but amazing athletic performance. Uh, so you had her, and then who else? Yeah. Mm, good point. I. Ex- it was interesting because uh, they'd shown Pete Dunne and Tony Storm at the U- at the NXT Takeover show in the crowd, so I thought well, Tony Storm was going to be in the match, and instead they didn't have her in it. They had Rhea Ripley do it instead. And one thing we don't know we talk about is the announced team. 
I thought the announced team did a really shit job at building up the drama in this match. Um, you know, they had all 30 women in the ring and they just were really weak at setting up what was at stake. There was no drama and it really stood out to me. And I thought, okay, they're saving Cole and I thought for the men's one, they want to have different teams, but it, there was neither Cole or a JBO or a Jim Ross because Phillips and Rene just felt so flat when they, and they just didn't know how to hype it up. It, it didn't have that extra oomph. He was very missed. Um, briefly, we, it looks like that's definitely going to be happening. What we need to wait and see is what happens with Charlotte pointing out that Becky wasn't in the match, or does anything else sort of get in a stumble along the way? That's what I'm thinking happens. I'm assuming that's the match. Oh, that that's a good point. I agree. Oh, let's see what happens. It, she could, I could easily see her being part of that match. It's definitely going to be Becky and Ronda and hopefully the main event. It's just a case of does Charlotte join them or not. And we haven't got to worry about Nia Jax because she's going to clearly be fighting Randy Orton at WrestleMania. So that's taken care of. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do your joke later as well. Don't worry. But yeah, anyway, overall, Beck, Becky wins. All is right in the world. It was strange and slow. I think it was... I think they were going to do a longer match or it was deliberately slow because of Daniel Bryan. That he's a heel, he wrestled slower. But yeah, they didn't go up into the top gear I was expecting and then that was a bit of a strange end. Well, I...
It just it made it AJ looked weak. Just that one slam, and he had to lie there for a while. I mean, I am kind of intrigued as to where this goes and what you know, what happens when Harper appears and Bray Wyatt. What's going to happen? Yeah. No, I I don't know what they do with AJ now for Mania as well. I just it's a bit messy, but I guess that's good. We've got some time for it to be worked out, but a bit strange. But he's been gone for so long. Yeah. Doesn't Kane move around? You know, so when you've been away for a while, you can just go to whatever roster you want, it seems. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's worth addressing. The show, at this point, you had a two-hour pre-show, and then we're a good three hours, over what, three and a half hours into the, the main show. I lost track of the time, but it, you could tell it was getting long, 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 long evening. Well, I, I said like the other week, I'm a Finn Balor fan. I put, actually, I put money on him to win because I wanted to back him, even though I knew the odds were against him. I think they they, they made people believe with the build-up enough that you thought this could actually happen, and you could see logically where the storyline would go. And he, I mean, he looked pretty strong in this match. It's a shame that he hits his finisher and then gets beaten straight after. But other than that, he gave Brock a bit of a beating, which was good to see. Brock doesn't break that out much now, does he? It's all about hit you with F5s 20 times in a row. So that was different. Yeah, it was a very, it was very different.
Yeah, I mean, on that point, I think when you look at how they set this up, it could have used another five minutes, I think, to have a bit more drama. We might have seen some of the Brock Lesnar classics if we'd had another five minutes, but they cut those out. Um, I think it was clever the way they built on the Brock's gut as his weak point in terms of him getting smashed into the table. And then, but then also busting out his strengths that people forget about, which is the submission moves. I think, yeah, they really seem to be pushing that out there. But but it's interesting because I think they were pointing out that you know, Finn tapped out. I can imagine them building up Brock with that finisher a bit more and using that in Mania. I can imagine this is them thinking ahead, uh, okay, how are we going to not just do F5s over and over with Seth? How can we tease a submission wear down as well? So I think this gonna, that's going to come back to play later on. I'd love us to be set up in a way where we get the demon at Mania because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't be busted out about once a year now, and we that would be a good time to see it. Yeah, I, I, that was the last time, right? I, I just, I would love to, I'd love to be in person and see the demon. That's part just for my own selfishness. Oh, it's a hard one to pick, right? I don't think it was, but I was down on both rumbles, I guess. But so I, I, I went back and forward. I don't know. At certain points, I think I preferred this because of the overall action, but then I preferred the end of the women, so I don't know. And my wife's description of Jeff Jarrett was he looked like he was from some sort of sex dungeon in that outfit. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're not familiar with the outfit, that's what he looks like now. He looked old. But I don't know, but because this was a fun little start, I really enjoyed that you had Cole where there was JBL and the King. This gave it a big match feel. That was definitely cool. Um, I had a couple of guilty pleasures in this. It was funny to see. It was great to see Johnny Wrestling make his appearance. Um, after Nowhere Jose came out, and I thought, well, he's not going to be here long. He's going to do the classic leaving quickly. But I think one of the highlights for me, because when then when Drew came out, I was just like standing there. I think I was just sitting there like shouting, kick his head off. Just take his damn head off. And he just destroyed Nowhere Jose and a couple of the 
what did they call it? The conga lion, the NXT development guy that no one knows about. So he killed a couple of those guys. So that was good. And then, yeah, seeing, seeing Alistair Black come out. I don't know if that means he's on the main roster or we'll have to wait and see if he's going to still be at NXT. But that was great to see. Yeah, so who knows? I feel like he's done in NXT, so who knows if he's going to be called up at some point. But yeah, we got to see Johnny Wrestling, Lazister Black, Pete Dunne. It was good to see some of those guys coming out. But yeah, Nia Jax was... It's been a bit of a controversial one, right? Some people are saying this is wrong, but we shouldn't be having this intergender like contact and violence. And then some people are saying, no, but it's actually very much what should be embraced in terms of this is wrestling. It's not about sort of abuse. So it seems to be causing up some some questions. I think, I mean, I, I would actually love to see Randy Orton with Nia Jax at Mania. I don't really care for Randy Orton matches in general. You know, I, I, I refer to him as Randy Borton. But him and Nia Jax, I would actually really enjoy. I think, yeah, I can imagine. I, I think I'd rather see him be Nia Jax. That'd be more interesting. I think the, the real test is going to be, okay, in this match, like, Mustafa Ali didn't want to hit Nia Jax. Um, she took a few, like, you know, proper wrestling moves. No one punched her in the face, from what I remember. It's when you start getting into those more realistic moves where women getting punched and slapped around in the face by men, but you start having to question all the sponsors, how would they react to that? So it'd be interesting if they're willing to push the envelope there. Yeah, I mean... It was a funny one to get there, but on the way, this this really what built up to me was to get here the lack of drama to this point, like you know, like sort of enjoying like the fun at the start, but it got so dull for a bit, and then you got to the end where they tried they tried to make us believe uh, Braun and Seth weren't at ringside. <laughs> it's like no one was buying that. And Seth doesn't, Seth doesn't need that rest. You know, Seth's not the kind of guy who thinks, oh, I've been in the ring. Yeah. It felt strange that they wanted to just do a little drama. Move. But that, that, that was my thing when I was watching. I realised it was a lack of real surprises. There was no unusual alliances, no team splits. There was no tag teams that, like, turned on each other. There was a real lack of the things that make Rumbles fun. And then at the end, we're watching it's good quality and all that. But I don't think anyone was expecting anything other than what happened to be the case.
Yeah. Agreed. And did you think it was funny that I swore I swore they were going to do the 2004 Benoit Big Show ending? They were teasing that with Seth and Brock. I thought, are they actually going to do it? They added some like little twist on the end of it. But I thought, you're actually going to do the same ending and just like own it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was a good good ending. Oh god, this is this is a hard one. So I was trying to think, of what would I grade him at? You want this on the you want it on your A to E like school grade, right? A to F, okay. Um, I guess I'd give it a B minus because it was I, I was like C plus B minus. I'm not sure where I sort of fit fit on there. In terms of match of the night, um, I'd probably go Becky Asuka just because I was enjoying it most. All the women's rumble just for the ending. It's hard to pick between the two. MVP. I mean, I had to go with Becky just because she was in two matches and the show was about her. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. She did well. Fair enough. I think, like I say, it wasn't bad. It just, and I was thinking the same thing, it did not get near takeover. And on that note, hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pod. Do it! Do it now! So, the night before the Royal Rumble saw WWE's supposed developmental brand, NXT, put on one hell of a show. TakeOver Phoenix saw titles change hands, storylines developed, and raises more questions than answers in a good way. Anyway, similar to our Royal Rumble review, we are going to do this match by match. So, first of all, we saw the Raw Raiders defeat Kyle Riley and Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Are you happy to see Raiders as the champs? And what's next for the Undisputed Era? 
So I wasn't a big fan of the War Raiders until this match, but I think they've sold themselves now. To me, I was previously a bit of a doubter, but they really stepped it up, made me a believer. I like their unorthodox big man style and the way they use each other's weapons. You know, they just look strong. So I was I was happy to see them win based on what I saw in that match. And their, their fun opening with the Viking shields and all the, whatever was going on in their intro was quite fun. Yeah, I thought this was a fun match too. I don't think it was as good as their matches with uh, only Lorcan and Danny Birch and Mustache Mountain. I preferred those matches quite considerably. I'm also not really a huge fan of theirs, but I think going forward, I think they're very good wrestlers. I think, you know, they kicked out of Undisputed Era's finisher, and I think that's a great way to put them over and how strong they are. And the one thing that you're guaranteed with the War Raiders is that they are guaranteed to put on good matches, so I can't really complain too much. And also, also whilst I remember, I think Hanson's cartwheel got that the cartwheel. People don't see that coming, do they? So that always seems to get a bit of a pop. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. weird. He's done it quite a few times now. Like you know, that war game. And the only other thing for me from that. this match, I don't know, if I'm reading too much into it, but. I'm not sure it was an argument or an attempt at motivation when I think Bobby pushed Roderick in the chest at one point. I don't know if he was trying to psych him up or that was a sign of frustration and is that an early start or something? I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into it. Oh, no. Uh, I didn't... I didn't read too much into it, but nice you know, that might, it, it might just be mind. a one-off uh, moment. I, it, I think it might be. It's that or they want to cut Undisputed Era down to three and want to make Bobby Fish its own thing or have the original lineup and kick out Roderick Strong. I think it, if that's the case, then it would be one of those two. But I think... Uh, yeah, I don't think it was yeah, Bobby, it was Carl. So it was Carl and Roderick, wasn't it? So it was Bobby, yeah. But yeah, either way, it's like... Oh, yeah. O'Reilly's my favourite member of the group, so uh, see what happens there. Yeah, I don't think they're going to push him as a single star anytime soon. But anyway, I think that wraps up the tag team match. So after that, we saw our only non-title match as Matt Riddle defeated Cassius Ono via submission, except this was no ordinary submission as Cassius tapped out, uh, tapped whilst receiving a beating from the original Yeah, I liked bro. it as well. It was a nice idea like for more MMA, finish. like elbow, beat out, beat down, tap out. I mean, overall, I mean... For me, this yeah. is the best I've seen Ono in a, in a ring in an NXT match because I've just not been sold on him much. But he was re- he he was really good here and showing just really fun logic of attacking um, Riddle's feet, including biting his feet. It was very very different stuff being done there. Um, yeah. Oh god, that's and then, but then Riddle hit some great Riddle hit some great suplexes. It was fu- it was again, oh, better than I expected I it to be. So I thought this would be the worst match on the show, but I was really surprised at how good it was. Potentially, but that's like the worst match. I think it was the worst match of the show, but that's yeah. But yeah, exactly. I don't think it was a bad match at all. FYI, I think it was a good match. Um, I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think it's unfortunate that it was just it was so predictable heading into this match, and at least the unique finish elevated this match to a standard where I was like actually that was pretty good it was something I didn't expect I expected another clean pin or clean submission it's something different something aggressive it really puts over Riddle's MMA background I think going forward I'm not sure if Riddle goes into the title scene just yet 
but I look I look forward to see what he does next. I think I'm slightly won over now by Matt Riddle. Yeah, I mean, I seen last maybe week, he's going in with Johnny Wrestling at some point, but I think Johnny's still busy for a little while. And on that note... Yeah, and speaking of Johnny... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you read my mind, Jason. We saw a match of the year candidate with uh, Johnny Gargano as he beat Ricochet to become the new NXT North American champion in a match that defied even the loftiest expectations. In a month of fantastic wrestling, absolutely yes, fantastic the, wrestling. The very short answer, this is, is this better than anything I saw at Wrestle Kingdom or any you. other show this year so far. Yeah, this was... It just it had every, it had everything. Ooh, yeah. really? Oh yeah, I know. Because as much as I loved Ibushi versus Osprey, this over, was better. Over over Ibushi versus Osprey. We need to remember this. We need to remember this match at the end of the year because we forget oh, about early fantastic. matches sometimes. Uh, we need to remember I'm, this when it comes to end of year. It parts. wasn't mine. What were you going to say? Yeah, it, I. Uh, it wasn't my match of 2019. I feel there's a couple of other matches on different shows that were better. Uh, I felt LAX versus uh, the Lucha Brothers on Impact Homecoming was amazing for a tag team match. I also th- preferred the main event in New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, which was Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi. But this is... I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love this match. This is a five-star match as well. I think we've... I, I think any other month the calendar year or any other year, this is... It's just January has been absolutely insane for professional wrestling. January has been absolutely insane for professional wrestling. But I, I love this match. It solidifies my feeling that Johnny Gargano is the best in-ring wrestler, in-ring worker on the planet right now. And Ricochet is arguably the best high flyer. And I mean, that, that's what made it the match of the year match. for me. So far. Just a storytelling compared to any other story match. was absolutely immaculate. Uh, I think using... Ooh. I think Ibushi Osprey had better storytelling, but I, I don't want to focus too much on New Japan, obviously. But um, yeah, Go- I mean, the way they did the whole match, said, they started with the initial reversals, the the chain wrestling counters. They were building up the moves, taking risks. Johnny was questioning who he was. You know, when he peeled back the uh, mats outside the ring and then decided not to do it, he was like, and that nearly cost him the match. And then, you know, he. Yeah, he he wasn't yeah he wasn't going full dark side I guess or really pushing himself so yeah he was only yeah, embracing because, the hunger and the need to win he wasn't and that's going when he full really dark pushed Gargano. it even further and you know one question would be would that not count as a DQ when you pull back that and DDT someone on the concrete I was trying to look at like has that ever been an example that's been a DQ or been allowed it just felt like is that in theory going too far I don't know no yeah oh yeah fair point. The announcer's desk is used. So by that logic, I think it's because it's more environmental, but these things in professional wrestling never have consistency anyway, so I try not to read too much into it. If it, if it caters towards the story, and it does for Gargano, especially considering it goes back to those uh, matches with Tommaso Ciampa last year as well, and how Ciampa used to rip up the mat, I thought that was a great, great little touch. Um, I see a better yeah, match. This match is fantastic. I, I, I don't really have any complaints about it. It's a really, really good match by storytelling and in ring. Well, 
that was and also well, that, that was that was a bit of an echo uh, to the um, Osprey uh, and the Bushi uh, matches in terms of the it was almost deliberate. They went a step further with their like being a bit more dramatic and Ricochet landing. But it was I actually looked at that and thought you're just trying. It's almost like Ricochet and Osprey. Yeah, I can still do that as well. No, I just say, I'd like to say, if I see a better match than this this year, I'll be amazed. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to add anything else? I mean, we felt that way about Gargano versus Almas last year. And look what happened. <laughs> but uh, moving on to a match which suffered because of the excellence of the NXT North American Championship uh, match was uh, Bianca Belair losing her undefeated streak at the hands of the NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. This match had me believing that Bianca was going to leave champion at oh, one yeah, point. Oh yeah, I felt bad for these guys. I don't think they could get the crowd involved. The crowd was pretty spent after that amazing 25-minute match. Before it, they were never going to get them fully into it. Um, and it was, it was, it was a you know, good match. It wasn't as, you know, an amazing match, but it was good. And they just they were never going to get the crowd into it. The the one point I want yeah, to make is I, the hair whip. I think we talked I've about this before with some of the other guys on the show. And I argued, and some of them no, said, well, that doesn't hurt, it's just the hair whip. And I was like, trust me, that would hurt. Nothing. And when you saw, uh, she pretty much had completely like, like a knife just cut her oh, open with like, yeah. the hair whip. That, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at there but doubted the intensity of that hair whip to look at that moment and go, see, it <laughs> bloody hurts. Cut Shana open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, I think, yeah, I think the best I thing about this so, match is sure. that both women looked strong, especially Bianca, because she got the visual pinfall. I could she see Belair getting another crack at like an NXT taping just to get another a rematch and then get involved in some tag yeah, matches actually, against actually, the, like the MMA I think girls. Kyrie did it, but not really. Um, Yeah, I, I think Belair's still got a way to go, but I think she has the potential to be a big star. I am, I'm not sure so if she I'm gets another rematch anytime soon. But at the same time, I look at the I current NXT the roster and I go, are they going to go back to Kyrie saying that story's kind of been done? Io Shirai, is she, is she going to get pushed too quickly? It, it's... Even though it's technically Brooklyn Five that's takeover New York, that that's just something that winds me up. It's like, why? Just why? Just call it Brooklyn Five. Everyone who's gonna to go to that show knows it's a Brooklyn show. But anyway, little rant aside, yeah, I, I I'm not sure if I want to see Shane versus Shirai. I mean, Shirai's a fantastic wrestler, but I just I, no, I don't know. They haven't really built her much yeah. on NXT so, main event that time. much yet, and I think they're focusing on creating a tag team with her. And- I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a few steps. I mean, if you talk about the match, it was a very good match. They made reference again to the removing of the covering to get to the concrete, like Johnny had done. To that, they had they had Champa doing that. Um, yeah, great, just great wrestling. Um, I don't remember the last time. Sorry, go ahead. No, and I don't remember seeing a water slip be used as a reason for someone to pretty much get caught in a big move. I thought when Black did that because of the water that Chamber spilled after he'd kicked him earlier. So that was a little bit different. Um, yeah, definitely definitely a different one. Um, but yeah, great work. I think the ending was like, I don't know if they're together. I want to see what they do for this um, halftime heat that they've apparently already recorded for the Super Bowl halftime and what that, how the guys interact on that show when they're on the same team. Because they should still be wary of each other, I think. Yeah, and because you know that they would have recorded a couple of matches at the tapings for NXT this week, so then we'll get a halftime heat where that'll be the first time we see these guys back together doing anything. So it's going to be a funny one. Oh, I I like them both. It's hard to pick for me. I think it depends what day of the week it is. Uh, I mean, it was really good. Like I say, it wasn't as good as Ricochet and Johnny Wrestling, but still really good. And that black mass was once again a thing of beauty when he hit it. And I like the way that Chamber ended up just being able to get onto his side as a way to like not get pinned. I guess, question. I should ask you the question, but did you like this show overall more than the UK takeover? Because I know how much you love that show. I think I prefer this show more, but it's mainly because of how amazing that one match was and the rest of it all being good. But it's a, it's a tough choice.
So I will go with Ricochet being my MVP just because he was the more athletic insanity of the whole lot of them, but it could have easily been Johnny, but I'm going to go for Ricochet for that reason. Um, and grading the show, um, on your academic levels of grading, I would give this an A, I don't know if it's an A minus or an A, it's probably an A minus. Cool.